everyone here live Facebook now. Yes, praise God. We thank God for another time in God's presence. Thank you very much for those of us who have joined. Uh, while we wait for other people, uh, we'll go straight into the topic of the day. Uh, we have one of our fathers, uh, Pastor Babajide, uh, here with us. Daddy, I wouldn't know if you can help us uh, share the opening prayers with us, sir. <laughs> okay, I think you can hear me now. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Ah, okay. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay, can hear you, sir. Very loud and clear, sir. Let, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this yes, is the sir. day that you have made. Thank you. Lord. We thank you for what you are doing in the life of your son. We thank you for what you are doing in the life of everybody. Thank we you, thank Father. you that we want to hear your word today. And that we know that your word will set us free. Yes, and we sir. know that we are not going to be the same again after your word. Yes, Lord, I thank our thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, as your word will be going now today. We want that word to go and minister to a lot of people. Amen. And then we want everybody to be saved within your words. And Amen. at the end of this world, we want we do we don't want to remain the same again. Amen. We want to be a, 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 a changed person. Amen. And uh, we, we, we want you, Lord, to remold us Amen. and give us the strength so Amen. that whatever we hear in your word, we'll be able to we'll be able to manifest in our life. And Amen. at the end of this word. Let us have the fullest cause to glorify your name, for we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you very much, Daddy, and thank you, thank everybody. You, this thank you for the audience. opportunity given to me. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, sir. Thank you, uh, thank you uh, audience on Facebook and those listening on the podcast. Thank you very much. So let's uh, delve straight into the book, uh, the book of Joel. Ah, this book has just three chapters, but it's a very, very loaded book. Um, by the grace of God, one day, one of these uh, days, we treat it in church, but it requires at least three sermons, uh, three sermons of about 45 minutes each to properly treat the book of Joel. Um, a, a couple of things uh, before we go into um, what was written here. Uh, uh, People, some people believe that it's a post-exilic uh, book, which means it was written after the exile, uh, and they believe so because uh, it mentioned it was it was making reference to Jerusalem. There was also mentioning the temple, but it never mentioned a king. So they believe because of that, possibly um, it was written uh, after the children of Israel returned from exile and they built the temple, but there is no king. Um, other People and this is where I stand. Other, other, other I mean, other people believe that uh, actually it was written long before the captivity of of, of Judah, and it was a warning. Uh, it was it was written. Uh, there was a time Israel had no king. If you remember, Queen At Ataliah uh, killed all her sons and not even all the grandsons, uh, so that she, she nobody would become king. So the book probably uh, was suggested to have written during that time before, uh, I think it was it Joash who was the, who was the only uh, baby that was, that was, uh, <laughs> someone smuggled the baby out uh, before the coronation of that, of that child, of that boy, uh, Joel probably would have written. And Joel is also a contemporary, so it is believed that he's a contemporary of, of Elijah. And he possibly even met Elisha. Um, so those are some of the uh, uh, introductions I want us to uh, bear in mind there. Okay, um, the memory scripture uh, is so, uh, Joel chapter 2, verse 25. If you have the manual, please open it and let's read together. Uh, Joel 2, 25. And if you don't have the manual, you can just open your Bible and let's read that together. So I will restore to you the year... The, the swarming locust has eaten. The crawling, the crawling locust, locust. The consuming the locust. The consuming locust. And the chewing locust. 
my great army, army which, which I, I sent among, among you. Uh, coincidentally, a couple of uh, weeks ago, I think maybe two weeks ago, we we spoke about locusts uh, in the church, although just briefly. Uh, the locust alone, if you're going to deep dive into these four uh, classes of categories of locust, I mean, actually 20,000 uh, species of locust. Some locusts can be as, as long as 10 inches. Uh, and um, these four categories of locust, uh, the, the swarming locusts, uh, okay, uh, okay. When the, the scientists have isolated a gene from the locust that if that gene is, is activated, the locust swarms. And what to this, I want to explain the swarming locust so that we understand how, how the kind of damage an average locust does. So, uh, the, so when, the, when the locust swarms, it not only, so it starts behaving irrationally, that is what makes it uh, uh, very aggressive. It not only eats the plant, it starts eating the roots. It finishes eating the plant, it's the roots. You can hear the chewing of the of the swarming locust, even at night in your sleep. They, they start. They eat the plants. They eat the roots. So those are swarming locusts. And a, 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 a locust, uh, I think, a locust can give can give birth to about three hundred pods. Three hundred. I mean, can can birth three hundred pods. And each in each pod, there are going to be like eighty eggs in each pod. So for you to understand how they multiply, and and these four categories, time will not permit me so that because so that we can have time for other things. These four categories will keep. Uh, 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 it's just like um, what was this? What's this thing called in biology? Uh, mutation is it mutation? Whereby, uh, like butterfly from lava to pupa, metamorphosis. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, my wife, who is a lawyer, is correcting me that I'm a science, I'm science based on. <laughs> Praise God. So uh, the the metamorphosis from the crawling locust to to the chewing locust to the swarming locust. So the canker worms or palmer worms, all those uh, things that uh, that's what uh, um, uh, King James version called them. But it is actually stages of metamorphosis. And in each stage, unlike the butterfly that the pupa or the larva stage cannot do as much as the butterfly, the final uh, uh, stage of the butterfly, each of the stage of metamorphosis of the locust, they are eating, they are consuming. So he's saying that uh, in, in chapter one of the book, talking about the locust coming and attacking, and it's it's uh, 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 this the, the 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 listing in chapter two is a reverse order. In chapter one, it started with the chewing locust, then to consuming locust, to crawling locust, then to swarming locust. But in chapter two, when he was talking about the reverse or or God coming in, it, it was the reverse order. It started from the last. So uh, the, these are the stages of metamorphosis. From the first stage of chewing locust, they start chewing. The second stage, they start consuming. The second stage of their metamorphosis, the third stage crawl, the last stage swarm. Swarm, in fact, locusts can, I think there can be about, uh, 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 because I right now, there can be about 10,000 locusts per square meter. They can, they can, that's why locusts can jack in the swarm. They can come together, they can, they can be so, uh, uh, Fact that they darken the sun, so um, that's how dangerous or, or how how uh, how uh, and locusts also that the swarm of I mean the, the group of locusts can fly for for seventeen hours nonstop. We I mean please get that that sermon. Uh, What's the title of that sermon two weeks ago in church? We talked about locust. Um, uh, great things come in small packages. Greatness come in small packages. Uh, we have that on our podcast. Yes, thank you. Uh, so get that on our podcast. Uh, in 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 uh, 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 just use the podcast and then uh, listen to that. A little bit more. Uh, okay. So let's go to the introduction. Um, 
the book is one of the pro prophetic books in the Bible, which talks about, which talks more much about the day of the Lord. And I actually need to say the day of the Lord, um, uh, Joel, because Joel was the first. Okay, now, I, like I said, mm. please yourself. Okay. Um, the day of the Lord, like I said, uh, uh, Joel was the contemporary of, of Elijah and Elisha, but he was a writing prophet. The others, other ones, Elijah and Elisha, were not writing prophets. So he's probably, probably the first writing prophet in the Bible. The first prophet, aside Samuel, of course, a number of people have also said probably Samuel was not the one that wrote the Chronicles or the Psalm uh, or Samuel. Uh, but he was the one that started writing his prophecies, uh, the first to start writing his prophecies, unlike other prophets of his, of his time. They just prophesied, and other people recorded it. Okay, so um, so he started using the term. Started, he started with, uh, uh, with, uh, uh, um, with, with, with Joel. And other people, other writers, Isaiah, everybody started using it. In fact, they started calling it the day or that day. The day of the Lord became uh, um, became a, a, a vocabulary in the prophetic lexicon. So he started with it, and we're going to zoom in. That's what that's actually the theme of the book. What is this day uh, of the Lord? Um, so the okay, let me just read the introduction. Or oh, um, Sophia, are you in a place you can read the introduction for us? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So the introduction says the book of Joel is one of the prophetic books of the Bible. We talk so much about the day of the Lord. The eternal evidence shows that the book was written by and named after Joel the son of Petru. That's, I think, Joel chapter one, verse one. Unlike most other prophetic books, no information is given in the opening verse that establishes the time limit of his prophetic ministry. It describes the disaster that struck the Southern kingdom of Judah. An ominous black cloud descends upon the land, the dreaded locust. That's in Joel chapter one, verse four. One of the central themes of the book of Joel is the day of the Lord. That's Joel chapter 1, verse 15, and chapter 2, verse 1. This language describes a period in which God comes down in a dramatic way with his wrath and judgment on the wicked and salvation to the righteous. However, despite the book states uh, starts on a platter of doom and destruction as a result of God's wrath upon the people of Judah and Jerusalem. It also portrays the people's repentance as well as God's promises to restore all their losses and make them rejoice again. So see that in 7 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, and in Psalm 30, verse 5. Joel, Hebrew, Yeah means Yahweh is God. In Greek, Joel is Iowa and Joel Latin. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. Uh, just a few things uh, there before uh, we go ahead. Chapter 1, verse 1, I talked about the word of the Lord came unto Joel. Actually, the, the, the Hebrew translation, the English no, English is not as expressive. I didn't think that Hebrew was directly translated to Yoruba. We we'll have enjoyed some of these things more. The word of the Lord, what, 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 what the Hebrew, what the original Hebrew is telling us there is that the word took hold of, or the word possessed Joel. It's not that the word came onto him, like started hearing it. The word, it took possession of Joel. The word of the Lord possessed him. For you to understand, even though it's a short uh, uh, book, or it's one of the highly prophet, I mean, one of the one of the books I talked about the end time in the Bible, and loads of, of people don't even study the book, uh, but we'll look at that uh, in a bit. So, um, 
to understand that it's a very prophetic book and the word starts uh, the, 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 the beginning uh, tells us the author, I mean, it's self-introduction. And so the day of the Lord, okay, let's look at, um, so chapter one was talking about uh, low-cost invasion. Uh, and chapter two also described another set of low-cost invasion. So chapter one was talking about an event that has happened uh, because there was weeping uh, that devastated the whole land. Chapter two is talking about a future event. And that was when he started using the word, the day of the Lord. Oh, look at that. Now, the whole book is described uh, in about eight uh, 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 outlines. You don't have, we don't have that in our, in our manual. But let me just list it. If you're writing that, you can write down. Um, number one, Gentile invasion. This is just an overview. We can't really dwell into, uh, delve into the book, but let's just have this overview. So it starts with the Gentile invasion, destruction of the invaders, then repentance of Judah, and then the response of Yahweh, response of God to that repentance, then uh, a fusion of the spirit of God, then return and establishment of the kingdom, and then judgment of the nations. Then lastly, the full kingdom blessings. That's the whole overview. So that's the whole overview of the book. Uh, uh, and then, the, so when we're talking about uh, uh, invasion of locals, okay, let's just go to our discussion. Uh, Number one is asking us to compare uh, uh, some places because of time. Let me just uh, uh, summarize that place, uh, asking us the numerical size of the invader, the destruction of the land, leaping and scaling ability of the invaders. So, uh, then darkening of the sky. So, okay, let's, let me read number two so that I will use that to also explain number one. The plague in chapter one, and the army of chapter two are both instruments of God's judgment. One past, the other future. Locusts had come. More locusts were coming. Now, locusts, we should also understand, because how does this now affect us? Locusts invading uh, a city or a civilization is also a figurative expression of demons invasion of demons. When we're talking about the book of Revelation and the locusts uh, uh, biting people and men will wish they were dead and they are they, they will seek for death and they won't be able to find death. That's in the end time. Now, one of the things we said in that book and Joel actually also is an allusion to the book of Revelation. One of the things we said in, when we're talking about that is that demons are going to possess people, demons of depression, demons of loads of things. In fact, you think people are depressed, there's going to come, after rapture, the demons will be so, the, demon, the presence of demons will be so evident that people will be possessed, they will be suffering, they will wish they can, they want to die, but they won't be able to die. So, locusts, invasion of locusts is a figurative expression of demons, even though chapter one of Joel was reporting something that has happened in the past. Or chapter two, talking about locusts coming in the future, is a figurative expression of the day of the Lord. And what is this day of the Lord? That's the day, uh, uh, okay, well, I'll, I'll talk about that later, uh, because we have four days, four, four, or, or, or in the scriptures, four types of days, or should I use types now, uh, in the scriptures. Uh, okay, maybe we should just look at that. Four types of days. Number one, the day of man. The day of man, we're still in the day of man, whereby man is governing. Man is, is I mean, where since, since a, a number of people believe that the day of man started in Genesis chapter three, when man fell, uh, and then we started, we started trying to repair our way or walk our ways back uh, to the Lord. So it started then as the day of man and it will end by the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord will put an end to the day of man. But between the day of man and the day of the Lord, there is the day of Christ that Paul talked about. But that's only for Christians. The day of Christ is when we are, Christ comes and harvests us to meet him in the cloud. So that's the day of Christ. And it's only a few people 
that will that will benefit from that. Um, okay, now next is we have the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is is what begins the war of Armageddon. is is going to be terrible. It's going to be I mean, it's going to be a whole lot of 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 uh, what do I call? It? How do I say it now? It's going to be a whole lot of cos, uh, cos, cos, uh, cosmological uh, 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 disturbances. Stars will fall from heaven. People will be people will suffer. Uh, so, like I've, I've been saying, the Antichrist is not going to be the one ruling the world, or, or people that save the Antichrist are going to enjoy after rapture. God is judging the whole earth. Everybody that is left behind, both the ones that are serving Antichrist, too, and the ones that accepted Jesus by fire by force, so the judgment of God is falling on the inhabitants of the earth at that time. You don't want to miss rapture. So, um, that's, so that's the day of the Lord. Then lastly, the fourth day is the day of God. Uh, uh, so the day of Christ climaxes at rapture. That's when we are uh, raptured. The day of God climax, climaxes after the millennial reign. So after the war of Armageddon, the day of the Lord, Jesus will fight and kill all the army of the of the Antichrist. And Satan will be bound for a thousand years in the bottomless pit. Antichrist and his false prophets will be put in in lake of fire. Then there will be a reign of Christ on this earth for a thousand years. Now after that thousand one thousand years uh, of millennial reign, uh, uh, some uh, uh, the, Satan will be let loose for a, a, a while, and it will still deceive some people to fight against those of us who are ruling with Christ. And then God will come and consume them with fire from heaven. So that's the day of God. So those are the four days. But the day of the Lord is so, uh, I mean, that's going to, it's going to put an end to man's government, to, to the ruling of man uh, on this earth. Okay, so number three. Description of the locust plagues use extensive figurative language. The locusts were described as a nation having teeth as lions, uh, uh, fangs of a lioness, large and mighty army, horses, cracking fire, warriors, and soldiers. Fire is apparently a figure of speech for the drought that plagued the land. At the same time, the locusts. At the same time as the locust plague, so drought in chapter one verse nineteen happened uh, uh, when it, when lo the locusts invaded the land. However, in chapter two verse three, the fire that is going to come is going to be the anger of God on the inhabitants of the earth. Okay, so the day of the Lord. Okay, uh, yes, uh, number four now. The day of the Lord in ancient Near East, a mighty warrior king who consummate an entire military campaign in a single day. The, the day of the Lord conveys the idea of Lord's intervention in Israel's early wars, a phrase used to stress the swift and decisive nature of his victory over his enemies. So um, uh, like I think the number of old New Testament uh, uh, verses also say it comes swiftly like the day of the Lord it comes so it's going to be a swift judgment it's going to be a, a and and this also to tell us that uh, whatever we are going through whatever the Lord allows us to go through in a swift in a jiffy he can also turn it around for good um, the day of the Lord sometimes involve God's judgment on his people at the hands of the Assyrians so uh, then it can also involve divine judgment of Gentile nations. It brings purification and restoration for Israel, but also intense misery. So now Joel conveys three elements of the day of the Lord. One, Israel's judgment threatened, Israel's deliverance for sin, universal judgment on the nations depicted. Okay, so now, why will the day of the because look at it now the day of the lord can can mean that uh, uh god or, okay maybe before before i ask that question we we all need to agree that no matter what happens either on earth or to any christian god has a hand in it so now let's look at his children here he allowed locusts physical locusts to devour them he allowed 
nations to trample to trample on them to 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 withdraw them i mean to withdraw them from their land and take them uh, uh, to slavery and then he's still the, his judgment is still going to come on that on those nations why do we think god is doing that let's have that conversation if you're on facebook you can drop your comments uh why why, why is god why do we think god is doing that allows we we know that is omnipresent omniscient is all knowing he allows like 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 i read on someone's status today don't think because you are good good things will automatically happen to you good things happen to bad people bad things happen to good people with vice versa so what do we what do you think god allows seemingly bad things to happen to good people and then he will use his own enemies to punish his children then punish the enemy why? Who is starting? We have a number of our fathers on the on the call, and then we have theologians on the call too. Okay, while we are thinking about it, uh, uh, let, let me quickly read a few things. That's going to be one of our major conversations today. But please, I want us to talk about that, and and uh, let's let's. Let's 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 interact about that. Uh, okay. The most important I want the second to the last points. Uh, then we'll now I will I will start taking you after reading all the points. I'll start taking your your comments. The most important part of Jewish prophecy for Christian for the Christian is the prophecy regarding the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This is an outstanding insight into the church age. So as at Old Testament, Joel, as at the, even before captivity, Joel had already prophesied that both Gentiles, everyone, all flesh shall receive the Holy Spirit. And that is very, very, so, and we now look at, at times when we play church and we play a religion, are so religious in church, and we think some people can't speak this. This was at Ephesus. It took the apostles twenty years to sort this out because they didn't believe that the Gentiles can prophesy, can I mean, can receive the Holy Spirit. Twenty years, even after twenty years, some people still believe that the Gentiles are not. They must first obey the law of Moses before they they can they, are, they can they can be Christians. So. And despite the fact that it has been written. So uh, let's not play church. Let's not be religious. God will use whoever he wants to use. God will speak through whoever he wants to speak through at any point in time. Uh, praise the Lord. Uh, then uh, chapter three, oh, God's, as God's people enjoy restoration, the wicked nations that plunders them would face God's wrath. No matter the fate we suffer in the hands of the wicked, God will soon bring all his enemies to book. So who wants to now start our conversation? Who wants to start that? Why, do, why does God allow that? And we're looking at it now. Uh, God at times may allow the enemy to have his way in our lives, and then he's going to come back and punish the enemy. Why not just not allow the enemy in the first place? Anybody? Anybody? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, good evening, everybody. Um, good evening. Immediately you asked that question, I've been um, brainstorming. Thank God I was able to go through the, um, the Bible verse we had to read today before we started. Um, and um, this is one of the questions that Usually faces a lot of uh, usually face a lot of us when we have conversations with people who are not really into our few into our faith or who don't believe in the existence of God and everything. The, the, the case of um, evil or um, the fact that bad things happen to good people has always been a major uh, point. Now, looking at this scenario of um, children of God committing sin or being against God's will. And God bringing wicked people into the field to deal with them, then God judging them. 
for for me, from my own perspective, I want to see it that um, there is a critical point that we have to look at there, which is a uh, uh, decision, your choice. Um, what what is the definition of people who are called who are children of God? Apart from the fact that you know they are human beings, and for what weird reasons they have a pattern of living, we can also see that the choice of their life, which might not be now looking at the children of Israel, looking at who what what is the, what their generations, looking at the fa- the father of faith Abraham, Isaac, Jacob there have been a consistent choice to follow the living God. So they chose to say, okay, we pit our tent with God. He is our father and he takes responsibility over their lives. And whether the generations coming behind love it or not, they've been sold out. They've been sold out to, to, to the to to under, to the, the uh, to the lordship of the lord and to be their father so mm-hmm. we refer to people like that as the children of god now on the other hand the enemies who are the enemies are the people who have chosen now we can now start deliberating about the choice now uh, did god know about their choice is god the one that influenced their choice or did God really just dis- uh, create them so that they can be enemy? Another discussion for another day. But these people are chosen not to align with the Lord. So they are called God's enemies. Meaning, if God is saying, this is my precept, do this and do this and do this, they won't do it. But this one, they say, we will do it all. And, and, and they did it. So now, if peradventure, later on, like we discover with the Israelites, they, they disobeyed. They say, okay, we are not doing what we have asked. Over this matter, we will not do it. We will not do this. Hey, repent. They say, we will not repent. Don't do this. They did it. And God is like, okay, all right, you guys have chosen to be my enemy at this instant. Let me show you what I have planned for my enemies. And then he brings his supposed enemies to correct his children. Now, why does he do that? I would say, number one, the fact that God is sovereign. God is sovereign. He only him has the marking scheme. Only him has the answer script. Only him has everything. And I think we struggle a lot with this, that we are unable to, 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 to understand all the, all the uh, protocols and principles of God. Like, oh, we can say from A to Z, God is going to do this. Oh, this is, all, this is how God is going to act over this. This is why this is happening. Or oh, we want to know why God is doing something. But sometimes uh, the sovereignty of the Lord uh, is, a, is, a, is a big uh, point that a lot of us have struggled to accept that uh, how can God decide to do this? And so I will just say that why do, uh, in, 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 the, in, answering to, in answer to the question that why does God use his enemies to deal with his people and then he will not deal with the enemies is because Number one is sovereignty in determining who are his own and who are not his own. Um, number two, the fact that choices were being made. Some decided to be his people and some decided to be his enemies. And so he had, he is committed to um, paying each and every one of the two parties according to their decisions. Like now, are we saying there are no other on um, gods like that we have generally? Bible recognizes a lot of them, but the fact remains that the true God has established Himself. Nebuchadnezzar was not preached to before. He said, "This person that I'm seeing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the image I am seeing, nobody did evangelism for him." Mm-hmm. Say, "Bagba, Bagba, mm-hmm. okay, let me show you one image that looks like God." He came into the reality. By experience, Arab, mm. like I say, okay, today we want to know whether you're your servant or God servant or I am God servant. Let us do it. There have been real, real, real competition like this, physical ones, and it is well established that oh, there are children of God and there are children that are not of God. So I believe one, the uh, the sovereignty of God. 
in in the in the uh, disparity between the people that are his, that are for him and the people that are not for him. Two choices be made. If you are my children and I told you don't do this, I said no, we do it. Don't do this. No, we do it. Okay, let me tell you what will be the recompense of people that have already accepted not to be for me. So when mm. I have made that one clear to you guys, now run back to me, sir. We are sorry. We don't want this kind of lifestyle. Okay. Now you people that I have used though, you are already my enemy. You are you, you, you guys are not even changing. You are already marked for destruction. So let me deal with you. So those are the two uh, uh, answers I can I can give you. Hey. God bless. Thank you very much. Do we have any other comments? Raise your hand or, or mute yourself. Okay. Uh, well, let me let me come in this way. God will not break his own principles. Because if God could break his own principles, he was the one that said the marking scheme. And he said, without remission of blood, there cannot be forgiveness of sin. He could have broken that principle and not allow his son to die and just declare us forgiven. And say, I mean, why should his son go? Is, is he not still not God? He's sovereign. So the people that are being punished. Now, this is where it works. This is how it works. Those guys that are being punished, they must do something, Shani. They will do. They will. They will commit a sin. They will do something that 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 will warrant their flogging. You understand my point? So, because God needs to, the principle of you committed a sin and you are punished needs to be fulfilled. So, those people is using to punish his children will have, have committed one sin. So that principle will still be fulfilled, that they are still being punished for their sin. Then for, uh, for, for, for punishing the children of God. So God is sovereign. He will make, even in our choices, he will not break. That's why he gave us, uh, made us moral beings we can choose. But in that choice is his will. His will in that choice, that's your choice. If you are the one that went to choose it to, it is his will. So either positive or negative, no matter. And that's one of the things. Okay, maybe I should reach my own conclusion here. Then we'll take the conclusion that was written in the pamphlet. And if you have questions, uh, Facebook audience, you can type your questions. And if you have questions on Zoom, you can also ask. I have about three conclusions here. Number one, God is in control of world events. Facts. Nothing happens anywhere in the world outside God. Nothing happens to a believer outside God. God is in control. Everything. If he sent locusts to you, if he sent someone to dip you, if so, there's nothing that has happened in, your, in any believer's life that is outside God. This may, this may not make sense to us. And I'm going to... I think I've always used this example. Let me use it again. The example of Ezekiah, he asked for 15 more years. And God answered that prayer. If God had not answered that prayer, we would have thought God was wicked. But God answered that prayer. Three years into that 15 years, he gave back to Manasseh. Manasseh became the worst king that's ever ruled Judah. In fact, it was during the reign of Manasseh that God promised the children of Judah that you will so much suffer, eh? They will take you to a someone else will come and carry you from this land. They will they will deal with you. But if God had not answered his prayers and he had died, we'll have thought maybe 50 years ago that God was wicked. God doesn't answer prayer, but we prayed he didn't answer. So there because we can't see the future, we don't know the future. God is sovereign. There's nothing that's happening to us even whatever that seems as a bad news. There's nothing that happens in our life that is outside God. Fact number one. Number two, God responds to repentance. God responds to repentance. The reason why he's talking about this is to draw them to repentance. We're going to get to the book of Joel. I don't want to release some things 
uh, I think in about three weeks or two weeks time, we'll get to Joel. I mean, uh, to, to Jonah. I will look at that very interesting book. No matter who the, who the person is, God responds to repentance. So if we, no matter how far you've gone, no matter how bad you think you are, if you genuinely repent, God, God will honor that. I, I, heard a, I, I heard a story when I was a teenager, and that story stood with me about forgiveness of God. Uh, a a five-year or a child in a church used to disturb the pastor. Pastor, I saw Jesus in my dream. Pastor, I saw Jesus in my dream. So in order for the child, he always come every Sunday or every time he sees the pastor, always tell pastor that this is what I saw in my dream. Pastor, I said, okay, when next you see Jesus, ask Jesus, what was the last sin I committed? Okay, innocently the child went, saw Jesus, asked Jesus. I came back to pastor, 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 I saw Jesus in my dream. So when you ask Jesus, what was my last sin? For me to know that it's truly Jesus. What did Jesus say? The child said, Jesus said he has, for, he has forgotten. The slate is wiped clean. He can't even remember your sin again. Once you repent. It is man that, re, that remembers your sin. God forgives you. So when there is genuine repentance, God responds accordingly. He wipes the slate clean, pours his spirit out. So if you know someone that, 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 that's backsliding, someone that needs that reassurance of God's love, please send this, sermon, send this message to them. God responds to repentance. Now, please get this, write this down, my third conclusion about this book. God is more ready to bless than to blast. God is more ready to pardon than to punish. God is more ready to win by love than wound by lashing. I read it again. God is more ready to bless than to blast. God is more ready to pardon than to punish. God is more ready to win by love than to wound by lashing. So God is not interested in flogging you. God is not interested in punishing you. God is interested in your repentance. So no matter what anyone is going through, no matter what the devil, the picture the devil is painting in anyone's face, God is more interested in your repentance. So God responds to genuine repentance. And whatever has gone on in your life, it is 100% of God. God bless us in Jesus' name. Do we have any question before we read the conclusion here? Do you have any question? Anybody? Facebook? Okay. No question on Facebook. Do you have any question um, on Zoom? No question. Yes, Okay, who is there? Sister Elizabeth, are you in a place you can talk? Can, can they help us read the conclusion? Do you have the man, uh, pamphlet with you? Good evening, sir. I'm not with the pamphlet, sir. Okay, no problems. Who is there? Paul, do you have the pamphlet with you? Yes, I do. Okay, help us read the conclusion, please. All right, sir. So, sin brings destruction, isolation, and God's wrath upon man, as seen in Proverbs 14.24 and Romans 6.23. As the Lord sent Prophet Joel to his people, the disasters pointed to the day when God would judge all nations of the earth and punish sinners. Just as he did then, God also calls everyone to genuine repentance, which would usher in a total restoration of all that the locusts and drought had destroyed. God is ready to restore our spiritual well-being, finances, economy, health, mental and social well-being, etc., 
individually and corporately, and ultimately the restoration of our spirit being to him for eternity. Genuinely repent of your sins. Um, this is seen in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. He is faithful and just to forgive and restore. First John 1 John 1.9. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is ready to restore. God is ready to restore. Once you have genuine repentance, he will restore the years. The years that the locust and the cancan worms have eaten. I sense restoration for someone in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, in the absence of uh, any other question or comment, do we have comments or contributions before we ask uh, our Father Elder Shegun Akinloye to pray for us? Any comments or questions? Sir. Hello, sir. Yes, sir. Hello, I'm Daddy. Very, yes, sir. I'm really blessed with, uh, because I'm hearing, I'm joining you for the first time today. But I cannot you, get the pamphlets. Okay, okay. Maybe I will try and see what I can do to as regards that. I will go yes, and get it. On, I'm really yes, blessed. And I, I want to thank God for your life. And you, uh, I pray that God Almighty will give you that wisdom and understanding. We go higher, higher in Jesus' name. Amen. I, I really thank you. God for your life, sir. Thank God, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you for the feedback. Any other comments or questions? Hello. You are, are you speaking? Adi Adi Bayo Funke at Gmail. This is Mrs. Funke Adi Bayo. Uh, please, uh, okay. just like uh, yes, sir. Well done, sir. The Lord increase you Thank and bless you. you Jesus' name. Uh, my this is the first time I'm joining the Bible study. Do, uh, please, just like my brother have just said, I would like the uh, to have the Bible study at line too, because especially when you are dictating some things, it was so fast. Oh, sorry. You can listen to it on the, uh, there's a podcast. We'll share the link. Okay, okay, okay. So you can listen to it again. It's also on Facebook and our okay. church platform, Facebook uh, Bill on Facebook. Is it on Living Water platform? Yes, I, I shared to all my WhatsApp and so you can definitely get it. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Okay. Amen. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, so, but this, uh, we use CAC, uh, CAC in the Quiet Bible Study. Uh, I hope it's there. Sir? Basically, with that, this is what we use. Uh, CAC Unified Bible Study. I'm trying to get I hope it's clear. Okay, but you say I can. So, you can get it uh, anywhere. I get it in any of our in any of our Bible store. I mean, uh, bookshops. I don't know if. Where do you reside? Now? Oh, I reside in Worry. Okay. Uh, if yeah, if there is, uh, just go to any of our churches in Worry. I know Calvary. This is have it. Yeah, you can get it in Calvary. This is. Uh, Pastor, okay. In the yes. Thank you, sir. Yes. Yes. Thank you. In the absence of any other question uh, or comments or contributions, Elder Shegun Akiloya, are you still there? Oh, he's gone. Okay. Uh, maybe, Mommy Funke Adebayo, please uh, pray for us. Thank you very much for joining all the way from Worry. Just lead us in prayers as we close, man. You are muted, man. Hello, man. Okay, I think she's having uh, connection issues. Am I open now? Yes, I can hear you now. 
Father, our God, we thank you. We appreciate you for the word of life. Thank you, Lord, because it has really blessed us. Accept our praises in the name of Jesus. Because you are God that you are, you are quick to pardon. You can see that through the history, you are you do not want anybody to to to, to, uh, to be condemned. But even despite in spite of all our errors, immediately we come to you, you can still receive us back. We appreciate you. We accept our praises in Jesus' name. Amen. And think that he or she cannot be power of your word. We bless this person and we draw him or her closer back to you in the name of Jesus. For the organizer of this program, that oh Lord, as you continue to give him more knowledge and understanding in your word in the name of Jesus. God bless you. Thank you, Ma. Thank you, everybody. For those of us in Abuja, we meet uh, on Saturday for evangelism at o'clock, uh, and then our Sunday service is uh, eight o'clock at Dubai International Market. Those of us who are outside Abuja, you can only join us on, on so online. And then next week, next week Wednesday, by the grace of God, we'll meet here using the same link for our weekly Bible study. God bless you. Thank you for joining. Thank you. And I have you Thank you, Pastor. Day. God Thank bless you. you. God bless you. We really enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Yes.